0: welcome to the fireside chat presented by rotographs and pitcher list sit back relax and enjoy paul spore and nick pollock hello and welcome to episode 952 of the sleeper in the bust it is friday july 9th and it's a fireside chat which means i'm your host paul spore
1: joined by the fire by nick pollock nick it's toasty over here how you doing uh, what is happening? You know the way you just said that made it sound like you're calling me like my nickname, the fire.
0: The fire is here. The <laughs> fire. Nick Pollock. That's your new nickname, <laughs> the fire. Nick Pollock.
1: Oh no, it sounds too close to fire. Nick Pollock. And I don't. No, know no, no. We well. don't want. Nobody yeah. wants to do that. So, so no. Uh, that's great to be here, man. Uh, we're gonna talk some pitching today, and that's the best thing there is. So, I'm excited for this.
0: Yeah, it, always. We love getting by the fire, chopping it up. Obviously, we're heading into the All Star break here after this weekend set of games. Um, so, you know, people are going to start really assessing their teams. Take some time. It's hard to assess on the fly sometimes because everything's happening. Right? You take an evening yeah. to assess, and three other things are happening with your players that ruin that assessment for the or or improve that assessment, which depending on which way they're going. So a week of no games or, or virtually a week. There's the uh, Thursday makeup between Boston and New York, and then everyone comes back on Friday. Um, and so you get some time to really see what's up. So we're going to help you a little bit in that process, and we're going to take a look at the top 40 pitchers and find somebody that we're kind of fading. Uh, they've performed well to this point, but we've got some questions, whether it's performance, role, uh, innings, etc., cetera, et cetera. Then we're going to look at somebody from 41 to 80, that we're buying. They're moving up. Maybe not all the way into the top 40. It would depend who we're picking. Obviously, if you're picking number 41, Jose or you'd say he's going into the top 40, which I do believe when he gets back, he will be a top 40 pitcher, but that he's not back yet. So um, that's how we're going to do it. Let's start with these spades because I think these are going to be particularly interesting, right? It's, it's tough to be negative on a guy because um, you don't want to like predict anybody's downfall. But sometimes you have to see the signs in front of you and say, this is just isn't going to last. So Nick, I'm going to let you lead off here and I want to hear who your top 40 fade is
1: right now. Oh man. Um, okay. So we're using the Razzball player Raider. Yes. Um, and I could, I could say something like, and I didn't even mention this to you beforehand, but the fact that Anthony descofani is what at 15 on this is just, okay. I think we now, can all understand. He's been wonderful. He's but now you know golden. why I gave you so much heat about him
0: the other day and or not so much heat, but I asked you well, about his ranking.
1: Yeah, I, well, I mean, I pushed he's a little
0: bit, but you had a good, we had a good back and forth there with him and Kikuchi. I thought it was yeah. a good discussion that we had in chat.
1: He's still someone that has had, you know, he's performed well against average or below average teams. And that's, that's a really good thing to do. You can say like 67% of the time, if I feel so super confident in a pitcher, that's a great thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I wouldn't. You know, put him at 15 that suggests that every single tough start, like the Dodgers, for example, where he has struggled multiple the times The team this that year, has decimated him, yes. Right. Like, you're not going to start him against them. You shouldn't. And so he's not the 15th. I'm not saying that you're going to do anything with Anthony Escafani. Like, cool, keep starting it. But I don't think he's going to have a one whip at the end of the year and like a two eight four year, right? That's, that's all fair. I'm trying to get at. Yeah, that's fair. Um, But my main fade... As I'm sure so many people are going to be upset at me, and I'm terribly sorry, and I'm not saying that you necessarily should move this guy, but I would also imagine that the market for for Taiwan Walker isn't oh. so plentiful. You know, you don't you won't have guys without Taiwan trying to go in get him, right? Yeah, knocking on the at door the L- like me Right. Yeah. I mean two four four ERA with a one whip and a twenty six percent K rate generally speaks to uh, really like a, a prized uh, option on the trade market. And I imagine it's a little bit, you know, trepidatious because, yeah, it's only his fastball, really. Uh, Taiwan Walker has had success throwing these four seamers, and they've been great, 70% strike rate and 35% CSW this year. It's been so good that we kind of overlook the fact that a slider, well, 26% CSW and just 11% swing strike rate, and the splitter they throws about 14% of the time, it's just under a 10% swing strike rate. And it's really so hyper-reliant on the heater. And we've seen guys before like Brandon Woodruff, Zach Wheeler, um, Walker Buehler. These aces have these elite heaters and it really drives, of course, their their entire success. Mm-hmm. I don't think that any of us is going to really compare that fastball to those elites though. And it does make me worried. And we have seen it during the season at times too when he doesn't have a heater. It's just bad. Uh, and I, I got to think at some point this fastball is going to fall a little bit from its 206 batting average allowed. It just doesn't seem right to me at the moment. And it's going to mean that we're going to have some stumbles in the second half. So uh, he's, he's my number one fade there.
0: I, I, have, I have a question about Walker specifically, and this is something that um, I don't always use these. In fact, you kind of got me in on pitch values when we used to do our pitch value draft. Mm. Oh, the, so the, good. the slider has a 4.8. Pitch value, which suggests good because it has good results. So where's the disconnect between that and being looked at as like maybe a successful metric versus how it's performing? Because it has a 177 average, 221 OBP and 210 slug in 68 plate appearances finished with the slider. Um, so wh- where's the disconnect between that quality performance and you having some nerves about it not being like a absolutely dominant yeah. pitch.
1: It, it's it's okay. So it's a heavy zone rate pitch, right? He okay. Goes in nearly fifty percent of the time. And how Walker uses it is saying, "Cool, I have my four seamer, and they're really, you're really focused on that pitch because that's everything about me. So about twenty percent of the time, maybe twenty five percent of the time, I'll throw the slider that hopefully gets in the zone. It doesn't get chases, eighteen percent no swing, which is just mm, that's <laughs> telling you right there that that's not really a vicious pitch. It's had those results, which is great." I'm, I'm very, very happy to see yeah, that 175 batting average allowed is, is really nice. It's just not that, that pitch that he can really turn to to get those results, I think, consistently when batters are saying, OK, his fastball is not quite well commanded. So now I have the flexibility of being able to take advantage of these not as great secondary pitches.
0: That's a great call out there. And it is a reason why and I believe you guys have said this on on the corner, you and Alex, uh, pitch values are not predictive So when you look at a, at a per pitch value That is running high You don't automatically say Well this is an elite pitch um, It's performed well But that yes. is a different split Between saying uh, It's performed well And it will continue to do so Or that exactly. it is a high quality pitch And I think the one part Where you really got me there Is the uh, 18% uh, chase rate You want a slider to be running out of the zone And you're getting O swings on it, which is that O swing rate, which is out of the zone swings. And that's not happening. And that right. is of major concern with Taiwan. Then something that you haven't even touched on is his health profile. It's not particularly good. Um, you know, 13 innings in 18, just one in 19 and then 53 last year. You know, so he did pitch during the, uh, dur- during the shortened season, he pitched fine, but obviously it was only two months. So, And even when he was quote-unquote healthy in 15, 16, 17, a career high of 170 innings back in 2015. So if there are some durability questions, I can't really deny those either. I love Taiwan Walker. He's just somebody I've enjoyed rooting for. I thought every team should have been in on him this year, whether you were a rebuilding squad or a contending one because of how cheap he was going to be, 28 years old, and the arm talent that he has. A quality team like the Mets got him. He's pitching well. But I think that 395 Sierra is a lot better indicator of how he's going to pitch than the 244 ERA. So, despite my love for him, I'd say that's a good call and perfectly fair.
1: Oh, man. That's a, that's a really good point about the injury stuff. I haven't even really considered that. And he had, has actually been on the IL already this year yes. once. So, right. there's It's not even a lock that he pitches for uh, for the next three months. It's a great call. Especially because I think
0: that, you know, they might have found something here with Tyler Migo and um, mm, that helps. Yes! I like, I like what he's oh, doing. Man. I watched him the other night. I was really came away impressed. But they're also going to add guys. There, there's no universe that I can see where they don't add a couple starters. They might be fringy guys that aren't inherently better than Walker, but it will allow them to get starts and peel him back a little bit on the workload, especially if they see him as a big part of their playoff rotation. Absolutely. So all those factors add up to say, be careful with Taiwan. You didn't pay much, so it's all upside. But if you're relying on him, if you've dealt with a bunch of injuries to where he's near number two or something, you may need to prepare. You may need Definitely. to prepare.
1: Them. Yeah. And, and it's not like the Mets are going to go with Corey Oswald as much as they can. I call him the exactly. false king. You know, that is after <laughs> Corey Oswald. So. I like
0: that. I like that. Not, he he not is in, indeed the false king there. They had a little something <laughs> going with Lucchese and then he got hurt. That's a, oh,
1: that, that was he unfortunate. Had like the one start. He had one start. Finally, that was like, there it is. And of it, course he gets hurt right after. It, yeah, finally it was, it goal. was there and it was like,
0: let's go. But, uh, oh, but then he gets hurt. So all right. So for my guy, I'm going to, I'm going to shift the American league. I'm going to talk about Luis Garcia and you know, I'll get into some of the numbers, but I'm going to boil this one all down to the fact that there's just absolutely no chance. He makes it to the finishing line as a starter. Uh, a finish line, I should say, as a starter. They're just not going to do that. And I've mentioned this a few times on the pod, but I'm going to reiterate it. When he was chosen over Christian Javier, that was a nice vote of confidence for the here and now. But I secretly read it as a vote of confidence in Christian Javier that they prefer to have him down the stretch and let Luis Garcia do his thing here in the first half and then make the flip between those two. Garcia goes to the bullpen and Javier goes to the rotation because you can't tell me that Javier did anything to be pushed out of the rotation. No. It was a, just a numbers game at that point. And they may run into something where the numbers work out, you know, if Urquidy doesn't come back, uh, Colors gets hurt, or Odorizzi or something, where they have to use both. But going off of what we know with the fact that they have seven useful starters and the Luis Garcia is a rookie here um, after 12 innings last year, he's at 85 this year. I just don't see any way he makes it all the way as a starter. So I think you should be preparing for that despite the high quality numbers that we've seen. I would also say that like Taiwan Walker, his numbers are a bit over uh, the head of what I think he will continue to do, though I like a lot of what he's done. That 13% swinging strike rate is very appealing and backs up his strikeout rate. Um, I do see the 379 Sierra and Sierra's skills independent ERA. It works on the same scale as ERA. gives you an idea of what their core skills would normally merit um, if you kind of stabilize the luck and and things of that nature, it's a 379 versus a 306 ERA. I think you can sell high on Garcia. I don't know. I haven't heard everybody talking about the fact that he's going to get shut down because it's not been said by Houston. This is something that I'm speculating on, but I think it's speculation that is well founded just based on the innings that he's had and the options that they have. He peaked in 19. 19- Luis Garcia did with 109 innings. That's his pro high. So he's at 85 right now. Just there is no world where he's going to add 80 more innings this year. I just don't see it. So this isn't even so much a skills fade as it is a role fade. And I would flip it with with Javier. Um, I wouldn't cut Garcia or anything, but Javier's showing up in some 10 team and 12 team waiver wires because he's just relieving. I'd stash him right now because I think those two will switch soon.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a really good point, and I I do want to focus for a second. Just just so a Let's say let's just say Luis Garcia did go 180, which we're not saying. I don't okay. believe that at yeah. all. Yeah, I, I just want to understand your your true assessment of Garcia, the pitcher.
0: Okay. My true assessment of Garcia, the pitcher is that I do like a lot of what he's done. Um, He's one of these guys that isn't as fastball dependent He's under 50%, which is obviously a new trend. So he's got a bucket of secondary stuff that, that I'm intrigued by with the slider cutter and curve. And I think what we're seeing from him is legitimate swing and miss capabilities. I guess I mentioned that 13% swing and strike rate. I fully believe in that. I think that that is legitimate for Garcia. I think, um, I think two of the three pitches get good swings. If I'm recalling off the top yeah, of my head, it's,
1: uh, it's the cutter gets a 25% swing strike rate, which is so good. That's, and then, that's so and filthy. Then the sl- the slider's at 15%, but he, that's actually used more as the zone pitch for him. It's a uh, it's a 45% zone rate, 24% called straight. Which actually, if you're doing the math, that's a 39% CSW <laughs> on on, on Garcia slider. So I, I guess uh, the reason I asked that is like. I I, I I go back and forth with this because, yes, you're 100% right. If you're, you know, we're, we're where um, Garcia is right now as far as how well he's pitching. Like, yeah, you're not going to get this for the full rest of the season and you might be able to, you know, exchange that for something that, that is going to help you through the end, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I completely understand that. It makes all the sense in the world. Uh, he is pitching much better than I thought he would be. Uh, I think a lot of
0: us are just yeah. so surprised by how great he's been
1: he's doing well he's doing the thing that i talk about when it's like hey what's the ideal repertoire i say well it's not actually about the pitches themselves it's about how they act yes like how need, they work as a fast, group. right you need a, a signature pitch that you are capable of throwing about 40 percent of the time that is you're just okay i need a strike i can get this this is establishing everything for a lot of guys it's a four seam or a sinker some guys it's like a cutter some guys it's a slider but it's uh you know really you need that one pitch and that is a four seamer it's good enough and that's fine you then you need a pitch that is a swing and miss offering and that is that cutter as i was mentioning 25 percent swing strike rate and then you need another secondary pitch that you can throw for strikes that you can say, great, it's different than the other two. I can go into my pocket and throw this one too, and that's a slider. And the fact that Garcia has those three pitches, not to mention there is a changeup on rare days that actually works It's eighteen percent swing strike it, rate. If you catch uh,
0: Luis Garcia on the right day, you see a high quality changeup there. Like there is a it's, foundation it's, it's for it,
1: yep. right? And and curveball kind of flicks in there for this uh, for a cult strike as well the twenty five percent rate, which is nice. I there's uh, there's a lot to like inside of this repertoire, and there's a thought in my head of. Um, I I wonder what the market is. Is my is my question, right? So Completely the, the fair act, question. The act of fading, um, it just depends on what you get back. Like, I don't think you're suggesting to anybody you're going to drop Luis Garcia. You're going to ride no. it out to the end, but you have to be. It's a very important warning. Be prepared, as I start singing Scar from Lion King. <laughs> like, just just be ready that you're going to have to drop Garcia at some point on a whim, and javier is the one that you do want to pick up to replace it absolutely
0: yeah so that's uh that's where we're at with luis garcia and christian javier let's talk about some buys let's go into the 41 to 80 range there and find some guys that we think can make a significant jump you know a a 15 to 20 spot jump the rest of the way i think we're both going to bypass the obvious one in aaron nola who slots 54th if you can get him Uh, go do that I think I think it will be cheaper than it should be so he is a buy low by nature but who is your pick
1: I mean I can't not do it because he was so he was just so good yesterday I mean this is Frankie Montas who dominated the Astros (laughs) strikeouts Uh, I 6.2 innings one run five hits one walk uh, I do these. Uh, I do these videos on YouTube now. Um, like like breaks down like an inning from an interesting star of the the previous. They're day. so good, by the way. Uh, oh, thank you. Uh, I, I, uh, yeah. That's one of my favorite
0: parts of the stream.
1: <laughs> well, thanks a lot, man. Um, yeah, five to ten minutes long uh, in the mornings. You can check it out on YouTube. Uh, can I can I ask you a technical question? Are those all of course uh, copy strike by MLB? I uh, well, those like are those are from the the film room. Okay,
0: so can but but does YouTube? Filmer. Does YouTube strike them, or can you monetize? That, well, they, the they should be.
1: They should be striked. Uh, I don't. I don't monetize yet, but they shouldn't be striked okay. because that's uh, that's completely fair use. I mean,
0: I would yeah. certainly agree to
1: that. I mean, I don't. I don't use game audio too, so there's no that about the audio yep. stuff. Yeah. But um. But anyway, they, they shouldn't anyway, continue. No, know, I, I agree. That transformative there. and and different, and I'm not just playing the whole thing. Anyway.
0: Yes, I, I, Frankie Montas,
1: my boy. Montes, who I essentially I've been I've been talking about him in the sense of, hey, when the day arrives, when he has the slider and his splitter both working, Montes will have arrived. And that's what he did yesterday. I mean, we're talking a 50 percent CSW on a slider and a 45 percent on a splitter. 11 out of 29 whiffs on splitters, which is so good. <laughs> but it's that's not even the most important thing to me. It was that his fastballs were all around the edges. Uh, he rarely, rarely made a single mistake on a fastball and then the slider and splitter just stayed down and got a strike when they needed to and got the whiffs. It was it was crazy. 22 total whiffs yesterday for Frankie Montes against the Astros. So good. And, and something that you mentioned before, which I think is, is exactly on point, is it's not necessarily about the matchup with Montes. It's about the stuff. So yeah. where he's at. doesn't matter if it was Houston. It doesn't matter if it was, if it was Texas, right? It's just about how yeah, they, he was Montes performing. They blitzed uh, him for eight. Right. And in, in general, I get excited about pitchers that uh, when it's, you know, there, there, there are two moments as a pitcher, either you're battling yourself or you're battling the batter, uh, and where you're trying to do the things you want to do. And then it's about, okay, I can do what I want to do, but how is the batter going to react to that? Montes is in a position with his stuff that if it's ever him versus the batter, he will win. It's just I about... Agree. If he's fighting himself, then it's just going to be that's the problem. That's why we've seen this tumultuous season from him. Yesterday, oh, man, he had it. It was him versus the Astros, and the Astros could not handle it. Uh, It does get me excited. The the old question is, all right, you do it for one start. Like, is it going to be the same thing the next time on both sides? Like, you were just really bad. Are you going to be bad again? Or were you really good? Are you going to be good again? I want to think that he turned a corner because this was maybe the best start I've ever seen from Frankie Montes. And we've thought about him so negatively so far. So this might be the time to get in. Yeah,
0: I, I love that. I mean, I feel like as far as the industry goes, i am got to be at least one of the biggest Montaz oh, fans, yeah. if not the biggest and um, that's the thing, you know, people say, why, why, why'd you start him uh, in these tough outings, which I've done multiple times. I think he opened with a Dodgers Houston and he got killed by the Dodgers and then he was good against Houston. And, you know, the ups and downs throughout the year, you look and they're, they're not schedule dependent as you hit on because it does not matter. That's why I kind of blindly start him. Um, and I know I'm going to take the ebbs and flows with it, but I don't want to miss out on that great start from him. And I do believe that Montas can be better than the 4.41 ERA that we've seen. The skills are there. I love this call. So well done on that one. Who's um, your guy? for me? You know, I was going to do just Javier and expound on him, but we kind of <laughs> we kind of covered that. I think that's that's a little too easy. And then I was going to do Sandy Alcantara, but I know somebody on this pod has spoken what? very highly of that gentleman. Never. And uh, I I love what what you what you've been saying about him, and I hope you're dead dead right by the way. And I, I totally I mean, I, think I,
1: uh, if I had to bet, if I had to bet on one pitcher, like saying entering 2023, who is not the highest ranked, like the highest ranked starter who's outside the top 20 right now, to me it's Sandy Alcantara. He, he like can be gonna, so filthy. They're going to recognize that he's a 200 <laughs> inning workhorse who is essentially, like, look at Zach Wheeler this year. That is Sandy Alcantara. You know, It's a great
0: teams. way to put it. It's yeah. a great way to put it. And then I even considered Alec Manoa, but I do worry about innings with him. Sure. Um, well beyond anything skill related. So in the end, I was like, well, do I just go with an injured guy who's going to come back and and do some things? Because there's a lot of injured guys in this group. Absolutely. And I decided that, yes, I am going to do that. And I'm going <laughs> to go with Spencer Turnbull. Oh, I've all right. seen so much from Turnbull this year and last. As a Tigers fan who watches most games, I can't, can't claim to watch every single game anymore. They're of not, course. you know. Uh, i i have i have things to do uh it's not like back in the uh you know 20 uh, 2006 era where i could just watch every single game but i watch a lot and i watch a lot of turnbulls games and to watch his development over the last two years has been particularly impressive to me because it was something that uh, i wrote him up for the baseball hq forecaster a few years ago before he had done anything of note and i had actually seen something i was like there's there's a little something here. And I remember bringing him up at HQ uh, first pitch Arizona, which we're both going to be going to in October. Y'all should get out there if you can, if you can swing it because it's a great time. And Vlad Sedler was like, and he did a little finger point to me like, yes, Turnbull. I was like, if Vlad Sedler's in on him, then I may have found <laughs> something. <laughs> but I was really excited about it. And then I believe it was ahead of the 19 season. And he showed a little, he showed some flashes, but ended up with a 461 ERA and a 144 whip because it was too inconsistent. And then even last year, he had 17. I didn't realize in 19, he was three and 17. I know you talk about how little you focus on like win-loss records. I'm with right? you. So I had, he was three and 17. Oh my like God. Like that's. That's so insane. Uh, But then showed more flashes last year. And then this year he was in the midst of his breakout and I was really intrigued by it. He had three pitches. Well, two, uh, like four seamer and sinker. You kind of, it's, it's the fastball package. I know they're distinct, but he had two pitches that he gets strikes with consistently between the, the fastball package and the slider. And then, I thought that the slider had really developed as more of a swing and miss pitch, too, that we had seen with the curveball being able to give him something that kind of mixes in there. So I thought he really had all the elements along with his ground ball profile that was making him very good. Well, then, of course, he gets derailed by injury, and that does make him a nerve-wracking you know, buy right now. But when he comes back, I think he was moved to the 60-day, but that was just procedural for them to get another guy on the 40-man roster. He's still due back at the end of the month. And I think he's got a good chance to pick up right where he left off. Maybe not with a 288 ERA. Let's call it like a, like a 350 ERA and a 115 whip. Right. I would take that all day. But the added bonus for Turnbull and why I'd buy is I think he could get traded. I think at age 28, if he can get back in time to show a little something, right? So that's, that's the timetable is going to matter here. Otherwise, I don't think they're going to trade him, you know, injured. But if they can get back uh, ahead of the deadline and make two starts or so, I think he's a viable trade candidate for the Tigers because they're developing a bunch of pitching and I think they could get a real arm for uh, a real bat for him because he still has team control as well. So get him in a better scenario although the Tigers have been playing very well um lately. I still don't necessarily believe that they're an above 500 team the rest of the way. Quality pitcher who continues to show kind of the the f- you know, development of what he's doing. Uh, I think there's strikeout upside on that 22% strikeout rate. And I think Spencer Turnbull could be a great guy down the stretch for folks. So I'm going to go a little homer there and pick Turnbull. And I'm interested to hear your thoughts.
1: Hey, uh, the sinker and two-seamer, whatever you want to call that pitch, I, I it needs to go. It needs, it needs to disappear He's want forever. it out. Just four God. seamers only. You know, he had the uh, the 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 no hitter against the Mariners on the 18th, mm-hmm. and he threw 43 percent four seamers and 30 percent sliders and 14 percent sinkers, and that's great. Yeah, Wonderful. just, just that, that's fair they, like, to, to, say to say. To just yeah, right? just discard it. You know, and and so heavily in favor of four seamers, I think, is a major reason why. It also, had a ton of cut action on that four seamer in that mm-hmm. game. It was. There were moments I was just, what are you doing? You're not supposed to be able to throw this uh, upwards of 96 miles per hour inside with cut action to lefties. Like, what? Um, and he also has a slider. Actually, he's performed really well this year 36% CSW. It's a really good pitch, but there are times when it doesn't show up. And there is volatility with Turnbull, despite, I mean, I'm actually shocked. Yeah, seeing the 288 ERA and a 0.98 whip, I, I did not realize he was performing at that level. Uh, for the nine starts that he had this year. Uh, but it, it, Turnbull, to me, is going to be going back and forth. I do like the play that you're you're making here because I've forgotten about Turnbull. I, I think I just a lot of folks have. Was like, oh, all right, he's hurt or whatever. Maybe we'll see him again. I don't know. And it does seem like he'll be back within the next couple of weeks, um, hopefully before the, uh, before the trade deadline and in July. Uh, so there is something here there will be it is a bit like Montas in the sense of if he has you know if he's going forcing or slider heavy um i think that will return a better outing uh for turnbull but it isn't always like that uh and it can be incredibly you know, frustrating that's why you see like the 22 percent k rate that theoretically should be higher um, yeah when you watch him isn't there
0: when you watch turnbull you probably would come away that it's only 22%. percent so you come yeah. away surprised, I should say, because yeah, you're like, right, 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 right. wait, this well, guy's got some nasty stuff working. You see him
1: battling himself a lot. Yep. Uh, where it's like, in account, great, you got to 0-2, then it's like two like really bad waste two pitches. Two waste like, pitches right, that like,
0: nobody would have ever swung at. Yeah, yep. it's
1: just, uh, okay, you know, the the efficiency isn't quite there. I'm not
0: saying uh, he's okay. this guy, but it reminds me of early Darvish who'd get O2 on like <laughs> literally everybody and then yeah. waste three pitches and either yeah. walk or strike the guy out. It was so frustrating. Yeah, well,
1: now, now he doesn't walk anybody because he just nope. throws only in the zone. And He's super just, efficient now. Too good. Yes. Uh, yeah. So hopefully uh turn can't turn the but yeah, I like that call a lot. And I don't need the trade
0: to make this a pick by the way. If he just come, like if he, if he gets back on August 1st, yeah and he's just with the tigers that's fine too especially because right. they are playing better so you shouldn't be so stuck for wins so i like turnbull either way so uh, there you go we've got uh luis garcia and um who was your fade why am i blanking
1: uh the one i'm fading was i uh, was tywin walker tywin walker um, for the fades but, uh, and then frankie montas and spencer turnbull for the buys and i have one more sneaky bonus bonus,
0: <laughs>
1: bonus. <laughs> i just want to make sure we don't forget about Ad lay that's yes, all.
0: that's good. I actually was looking uh, at him when I was scanning there, and I was like, you know what? I could go advert. Yeah, give us some advert thoughts
1: really quickly. Um, went against the Phillies uh, yesterday, uh, and it might surprise you to know that he threw a cutter. Uh, oh, yeah, he threw he threw a cutter, and he threw seventeen of them. Fourteen returned strikes, not a single hit um i don't really love it <laughs> it kind of like you know landed in the middle of the zone a lot and it yeah. got foul balls and, and like outs and stuff but because they didn't expect it like wait what you don't do that that's yeah like, like I, thing um but i will say if it's like sliders and cutters and then the the fastball then that's really good because he's th- i mean he's still throwing over uh 40 sliders in there mm-hmm. and that slider is legitimately successful. I mean this is this is a fantastic offering. 35% CSW so far. It's a money pitch, 19% swing strike rate, 40% O swing, 51% zone rate. There is a lot to like about the slider. It's just about is the 93, 94 mile per hour fastball good enough. And if he has a cutter he can flick in there for a strike every so often. That's pretty cool too. So don't forget him. He won the IL because of a blister injury. He seems to be on the other side of it now and he could yeah provide production the rest of the way. And you know
0: if you go do some trade talks right now this weekend off of the the mediocre alzalay start against uh the phillies you may get him even cheaper if people are like ah here we go again with some more struggles because it wasn't a great start but it wasn't one that has me concerned about him in any grave way exactly. like philly philly's not too bad like you know getting beat up by philly is not the end of the world uh brad miller went off uh with three homers yesterday oh. <laughs> i love brad miller dude he's always good for a stretch of just like pure excellence and he Absolutely. has these huge impact games. I just I've been a Brad Miller fan for years. But anyway, Nick, that's going to wrap us up by the fire side. So mean, I need this toasty fire here to maybe uh, help <laughs> get this sickness away. I can't kick this head cold, but appreciate you making time for me. Uh we were going to do it yesterday, but you were accommodating to get me today so I didn't have to do two pods in one day, but I really appreciate it. I hope you have a great All-Star break. I'm sure we'll be talking throughout it. And until we're back by the fire again. Take care.
1: Of course, and it's always fun hanging with you by the fire. Thanks for listening to today's fireside chat with
0: Paul Spore and Nick Pollock. Follow both Paul and Nick on Twitter at Spore and at PitcherList.